Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Having sold the jerry cans full of fuel and boxes of pasties for a modest profit, there is a little more room in the Podding Shed this week. We were briefly overcrowded for a day when we took pity on a comedian and Arsenal fan, Alan Davis, who is changing lodgings regularly until the Liverpool fatwa warning has been lifted. But... <laughs> In his absence, this week we are but three. Me, Dare Kaiser, Grozer Jack, who is Tony, and Mark 25, who is Mark. Dr. Blue Bayou, Donald, as he is otherwise known, has unfortunately been arrested near Belgian cyclist Tom Boonen's house on suspicion of naked trespass. We understand that he will be extradited from Belgium in time for next week's podding shed. That's, that's what he's told us. We did consider getting in a guest to make up the numbers. For the, t- for the time being, we don't recognise the number four or fourth as part of our vocabulary. A busy week for Chelsea, Benfica, Wigan and Fulham, none of which produced the most edifying of performances, the right results for two, only just, and one slightly underwhelming draw, which, whether it has um, finished our chances of that um, fourth spot, is anyone's guess. Um, we will talk fairly generally about the games, um, all reasonably forgettable, slightly underwhelming Andre Villas-Boas-esque performances um, with, with slightly better results. Um, Mark, if you want to kick us off with your um, your thoughts on the last week. I will indeed, Jonathan, thanks. Actually, just before I start, can I have both of your commitments that you will publicise your tax return in the near future? Oh, absolutely. Oh, of course, absolutely, yes. A, a, a very large fat row of zeros for me. <laughs> Keeping it all offshore. I, I have a number of tax returns available. You just tell me which one you want published. <laughs> Great, thanks. Carry on. Yeah, I mean the Benfica game seems so long ago now. When was it actually? Was it last? It was a week ago today, wasn't it? Tuesday or Wednesday? God, yeah, it seems a lot longer than a week ago. Seems like months ago. Mm. Anyway, look, all you can say about it is we qualified. Yeah, and it was a very nervy last five minutes when that goal went in. And um, Morelles then went and did the best thing he's done since he's been with Chelsea, which was stroll up the other end and score a cracking goal mm. so you know you've got to be happy with that result yeah Wigan um, I mean the, the the gods seem to be with Robbie at the moment yeah and everything seems to be on our side so you know if refereeing decisions can continue in our favour because I thought actually the Benfica referee was very much on our side as well I mean th- there were some clattering challenges going in and he just kept waving play on mm. now either the Portuguese are really really excellent divers <laughs> or the referee was on our side so we had a referee I thought who was good in that game a referee excellent in the Wigan game yeah Fulham referee obviously let us down a bit um, <laughs> yes <laughs> and um, yeah as you said in your introduction Jonathan really they were AVB type performances and actually they got worse game by game I think it, there was a de- decline from Benfica to Fulham and mm. sorry Benfica to Wigan and then Wigan to Fulham so hopefully we've now bottomed out and it it will pick up towards next weekend for Tottenham Mm. well let's let's be honest it's going to have to Um, it's it's interesting for me that the old the old style sort of Chelsea mentality came when um, when I saw Norwich had got a result at Spurs and we were playing a few hours later It, it was almost immediate guaranteed screw up we will draw or we will lose um and yeah, and, and lo, it came to pass. It, it was a very disappointing performance, and you know we will, you know, we'll have to improve against Spurs, who who admittedly are on a, a fairly poor run of form themselves, certainly worse than ours. Um, and then obviously next Wednesday, um, it, it's a, it's a different world entirely. And um, play like we have over the last week um, against Barcelona, and um, I don't think any of us really want to contemplate the. Um, Contemplate the consequences, Tony. Your um, your thoughts on them on proceedings? I didn't enjoy any of the games. Um, Benfica, I didn't enjoy simply because it was nerve shredding at times, and uh, I thought we invited them on when they scored their goal. I thought it was the least they deserved, even with ten men, um, mm. because quite frankly, um, you know, if you were a neutral observer, just walked in, you'd wonder who had ten men um, because they they came at us. Now. You, Arguably, you could expect that. Um, you know, they they had it all to do, and and you know, um, the, the, the phrase "shit or bust" comes to mind, I suppose, from their point of view. But um, I, I I just see the fragility that existed when AVB was in charge, 
Mm. And to a degree, Ancelotti last season, in the latter part of the season, I think, is still there. Uh, and what was a kind of fortress mentality of, you know, steely-eyed warriors standing there saying, you will not pass, uh, <laughs> they, they seem to have turned into a rather craven bunch, I think, uh, you know, including the new players as well as the old uh, whatever you think about the style of football under Mourinho there was no doubt he built from top to bottom everybody in that club thinking along the same lines we cannot be beaten and that mm. isn't there now and I, 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 I can't see Robbie doing it he's a lucky manager I'd rather have a lucky manager than an unlucky manager yeah um, uh, and I, the, the comment I would make is I thought uh, against Benfica we had some good performances let's not you know, let's get it wrong David Luiz was good not as good as he yeah. was at, at their place uh, Torres sparkled for me uh, the, the man is so desperately trying to make things happen mm. uh, and you know we have bought a square peg and we've put him in a round hole we've put him in a in a team that absolutely utterly is bereft of any kind of service because we're relying on wing backs and not proper wingers and mm. you know one creative midfielder Juan Mata who's more or less run himself to you know in, into the ground I believe this season and yeah, uh, he looks um, he looks like a man who really could do, do with being given the summer off now yes uh, and instead of course his reputation will be so built up over this season that no doubt he'll be one of the first on um, Vincent Del Bosque's team sheet is he still the governor of Spain I think he is isn't he I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't enjoy that game for that reason. I didn't enjoy the Wigan game because it was utterly bereft of any style uh, or ability. We were awful. They were better, slightly, but Roberto... Martin, they were a bad side, actually. Well, yeah. I think... Martin, yeah, Martinez gilded the lily, I think, a little bit for me with the... You know, we were we, we came and played great football. I don't think they did. They've got good players, and, and their position, like last season, absolutely belies the ability they've got in that team, and belies the ability of a man who I think would be a prospectively good replacement for us, because he's perfect PR, uh, you know, and he does want to play a style of football that is attractive on the eye, and he's, you know, I'm surprised he didn't go to Villa, perhaps he knew something about the, the squad, or the, the owner, or whatever, I don't know, but some really surprised at I'm not trying to detract from Wigan I think no. they came and they did a good job we were frankly terrible and and you if you were well you were there that first yes. half was abysmal that was worse than the whole of the Tottenham game nothing happened it was just awful and then the highlight was the pigeon obviously yes it was and we were, we were sitting there in where we were wondering what the shed were cheering about <laughs> you know we thought well is there a streaker is there, you know it was that bad it's not that bad these days. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was it was awful, and and so really, when we went into the Fulham game, I could have called that. I think I could see that this is a, a it's nothing to do. I don't I don't think it's to do with old guard, new players not being good enough. We have just got a bad blend at the moment. Those players aren't really gelling. I don't see the fight and the passion that it surfaces occasionally of course it does but um, mm. in general I see a team a disjointed team uh, a team that seems to be uh, jogging to the finish line uh, and, I, and I go with what we discussed on the blog I think we'd be better off in six not qualifying for the Europa League and taking next season off to rebuild and mm-hmm. just start again and get a bloody coaching. I, I, I like Robbie. I just don't think he will be man enough to do that job. I, I, I just don't really see it. He, he he will have a job. He's not done himself any harm with with what's happened. But uh, you know, it's pretty. Yeah, Monday night. You know, that is the archetypal. I know it's a sort of a, a rather cliched saying. That's ninety minutes. I won't see it again. But I really resent that. Yeah. In 90 minutes I won't see again and, and Wigan wasn't that much better so no I mean Mark you, you mentioned obviously the, the referee um, was, was rather favourable towards us in the um, in the Wigan game I mean the, the two decisions were for, for our goal quite clearly offside um, Roberto Martinez pointed out you know it, it's not so much goal line technology it's more actually having um, officials that know the rules um, yeah. yeah I think we we probably got away with that Um Ivanovic has been been charged by the FA as we now know, and I think he had until six o'clock tonight to respond. And I th- yeah, he's, I, he's appealed against it. He's, he's appealed, contesting it. 
I, I don't know on what grounds. Yeah, well, I, I would say on the grounds that Balotelli got away with um, trying to break someone at the kneecap. Which, yeah. Yeah. I mean, which one's worse? I don't know how that one could be rejected and then go ahead and um, punish Ivanovic. It's, um, there's, there's a lot of talk at the moment in, um, in the media just about decisions that have been made. I mean, the, the, these in particular, um, and the Balotelli's, you know, basic assault on song if you did that on yeah. high street on a saturday night you'd probably get yourself community service without any any trouble at all um there's also i, th- I read earlier on that um uefa have fined i think they fined porto less for the, the booing of balotelli and the monkey noises than they find manchester city for being late out to the pitch which um you know is another classic football regulatory decision that just leaves fans utterly baffled yeah, yeah. Um, the rules are ridiculous with regard to the Balotelli one I was reading earlier on that apparently the ruling is that if an incident is near the ball it can't be assessed after the game because the referee had a chance of seeing it because presumably he was looking at the ball it, it's but an, incident, an it's incident that is well away from the ball as in Ivanovic thumping someone yeah. in the kidney um, can be assessed because the referee didn't have the opportunity to see it because he would have been looking the other way where the ball was. So there's all these little subtle nuances in the rules and regulations mm. to make it. Uh, it's uh, just a game it, of football. It, it, is, it is, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, the variation I, I read it slightly on that was that the referee had seen the Balotelli incident and decided not to do anything in the game. Therefore, retrospectively, it can't. And it, nothing can be done because a decision was made during the game, and the decision was. He didn't think anything was wrong with it. Whereas the other issue is if the referee hadn't seen it, as in Ivanovic's case, um, then it can be reviewed after the game. It is, it, you know, I mean, there's a whole raft of the newspapers' uh, threads giving out um, different positions on the utter inconsistencies of it. Yeah. So, our, you know, all the media, furore, which let's face it, it was, Five Live was, you know, uh, as virulently anti-Chelsea after that Wigan game as you could imagine with the fact that we scored two offside goals the first one admit was offside the second one was far less clear mm. okay so and, and they stood that linesman down fast forward onto Manchester United versus QPR Ashley Young clearly a yard offside dives gets the penalty gets Sean Derry sent off action against linesman nothing <laughs> Mm. It's totally and utterly inconsistent, and I did wonder about the Ivanovic thing, um, and and what on what grounds Chelsea must be appealing this. And I will give him a name check here because he always gives us a good retweet, and that's Sid Celery, mm. who came up with the uh, excuse me, but if Ivanovic hadn't helped Maloney cough up what was choking him, we may have had a serious incident. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> for all we know that's what they could be going in with you know but uh, I, 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 I do agree with you Mark it is it, you know, ridiculous it I is mean, ridiculous um, I mean being part of a football club is like being part of a family and I can't remember the exact clause under the human rights but everyone is entitled to a family life yes. it's not fair to take Ivanovich away from his family but exactly <laughs> <laughs> not, not that's the, the season well, I mean I think you know the problem is you know he's, he's been a you know, as we have acknowledged on a number of occasions on the podding shed, you know, he has been a fantastic player for this season, you know, and we I think we potentially lose him for the, the semi on Sunday against Spurs. And then the games against um Arsenal and QPR, which you know, is it would be fresh for Barcelona though. Yes, this is very true. This is very true. Lord, Actually, one good thing that did come out of Wigan and Fulham was the performance of uh, Ryan Bertrand. Yes, yes. And I think um I mean he was good going forward and he was good defending. Mm. And, and surely it lays to rest now any need ever to bring Bosingra out from the reserves to play as standing left back. Yeah, I, I would. I would suggest that if any Chelsea manager, current or future, tries that again, there will there will be civil unrest in the stands because I mean it would make absolutely no sense at all. I and mean, yeah, Bertrand, fantastic, and you know, boy can put a cross in as well. Well, yeah, and that I think is one of the key things because whilst we're relying on wing backs. Uh, you know, we've suffered for three years without utter inability to put a decent cross in. Every now and then one goes in, but in all honesty, the best crosses of the ball we've had in the last three years have been Drogba and Elka and Torres. 
Mm. And that is... But they're not the people you want out of the wing. No. <laughs> you want them on the other end of it, you know. I just find it uh, amazing. So I think it's kudos to Ryan, but he would have done himself no uh, no harm with the, the performance he put in there uh, against a fairly physical, you know, uh, uh, front line at times as well, you know. So mm. very pleased with him. I think um, the, the thing that, that stood out for me, obviously we, we got away with... Um, with you know errors that that cost us against um, that didn't cost us against Benfica and Wigan, excuse me. Um, then then Fulham, you know, inevitably the, the error that you make then then costs you. Um, Clint Dempsey is obviously you know probably pretty much the, the hottest goal scorer in the um, in the Premiership at the moment, and um, you know he simply wasn't marked well enough at the corner. And it's a game where you know Fulham created a little bit. I thought um, the their winger uh, Fry, I can't remember his first name, looked Fry, pat- yeah. particularly good, yeah. um, but they didn't really do a huge amount of damage to us. Um, and without the errors, you know, the, the error against Manchester City cost us. I thought the you know the, the error on Monday night against Fulham cost us. It's a worry going into you know two big games where you would hope the players will obviously raise themselves. Well, because I've got, got I've got a question for yeah. you both then. So so what the hell? has happened to our ability to pass the ball. I watched the Arsenal-Manchester City game and it wasn't a great game. (coughs) But I will say this, if Arsenal play like that against us, they will absolutely destroy us because they pass the ball to each other. They make things happen. They're always running. It may not be a recipe for premiership success, but I'll tell you something... They they got everything they deserved against Manchester City because I remember City against us at Stamford Bridge who passed us off the park for about twenty five thirty minutes, but mm. but Fulham and Wigan, it, it's embarrassing. It's pub football. I don't. I, I can't think of one it uh, redeeming that, that, feature. Yeah, it? It, well, it, you know, I, I don't care whether it was raining or what the conditions are or whatever. You are there to pass the ball to people in the same coloured shirt as you, pretty much. And we can't do it. Ramirez, I don't know what's happened to him. From what was going to be the player of the season, uh, he appears to have gone... He's, he's caught Kalu's disease, as far as I can see. Uh, and and I, I, I don't know. I just go back to the times when we could stroll about the park and when we had an arrogance and a swagger and passable, and it's all gone. It was pub football, and I'm not even sure it was that good against Wigan and Fulham. Mm. But it had, it had gone for a lot of the season. It did come back for a period when uh, Robbie took over. Yes, the honeymoon But the last period. two or three games, it's gone. And they are the same players. And it is mysterious. I wonder whether Donald's point about the regression to the mean, you know, I have to get that phrase in because I, I'm using it rapidly at work as well. You know, it's just becoming my favourite, uh, you know, shrug shoulders, regression to the mean, you know. Uh, but I wonder whether there's a, a degree of that in there because you're right, there was that kind of uplift and we started to look like a dangerous side again and the belief was there and, and we still haven't lost other than Manchester City uh, it's just only one defeat isn't it yeah and a draw it puts us closer to fourth than we were before however mm. Newcastle who uh, Pardew who if I'd have said let's go and get Pardew last season when Ancelotti was a doomed man I would have been laughed out of the blog and Twitter everyone would have gone he's not good enough. as they are now he's not good enough and you look at the players he's got in that team and the way they're playing mm, Dem- yeah. I'd have Denver Bar, Ben Arthur and I'd have let's see say in our team tomorrow if I could mm. you know so I, it, it, it's, a, it's it, I, I'm with you Mark in that it's a mystery and they are international players um, but mm. you know, people like <coughs> excuse me Morales um Mikel, I mean, all of them to a man were tragic, really. Apart from Bertrand, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the passing was was notable, and you know, coming into the games we've got ahead of us, even beyond you know the, the, the cup games, you know, Arsenal, we're just we if we don't show some sort of dramatic improvement, we are in um, in quite serious trouble. But I mean, we'll touch on the, the whole business of fourth, but a little later on, but. Newcastle, you know, simply looked like the side who were going to get it now. You know, we're we're stumbling. Tottenham are stumbling a little bit. Um, you know, our our and their goal difference is, is vastly superior to Newcastle's. But you know, the simple fact is they're they're the form team at the moment. They're they're scoring goals. They're winning. They're tough to play against. Um, we've got to play them. Have Spurs got to play them still, or 
not I'm not entirely sure I'm obviously the fixture list but Spurs um, got to play who sorry in Newcastle uh, I don't actually think they have I'm going to go off and check the fixtures while you two natter now of course but uh, excellent work well done <laughs> well done um, by the way Wigan have just scored against Manchester United they have All right. Okay. yeah they have uh, they had a goal disallowed earlier as well um, for no apparent good reason other than they were playing against Manchester United obviously. that's a bit strange my BBC website has just um, struck it off and it's now back to nil-nil uh, okay, I, I was watching it on Twitter, and they've definitely given that they had definitely given the goal up. I've got it. Yeah, City are now two 0 up as well. Aguero's just scored for them. So if it stays as it is, goal difference is identical, and there's five points in it with um, with the Manchester derby to come at the end of the month. Yes, Sean exactly. Maloney scored for Wigan, so he couldn't have been uh, punched that hard in. That <laughs> no, um, I, I have to say, I, 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 while, while we've been talking I did um, I, I sent a message to Sid Celery saying yeah, you've just got an honourable mention in the uh, podding shed for your your theory as to what the defence could be and he's actually come up with a rather wonderful reply henceforth it shall become known as, known as the Ivanovic manoeuvre the act of saving someone's life during a football match which I think is a goodbye Heimlich or whatever it is that you normally do you now can do it <laughs> cue footballers punching people in the chest I thought he was choking, Red Forest. <laughs> yeah, me. Um, so I think whether that that covers absolutely everything about those three games. But as, as we've mentioned, they weren't terribly memorable. Um, and the only thing I'd say about Fulham also was it's bad enough giving away a one-goal lead and drawing one-one. It's compounded by having it commentated on by Martin Tyler, who comes up with such mm. uh-huh. drivel. All the way through, but I did enjoy um, Matt Letizia. Yeah, he was okay actually. Particularly his comment about a race between Frank Lampard and Danny Murphy was like watching it in slow motion. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a man who wasn't the paciest in his day. That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's no, well, he was self-deprecating, which I thought. Was mm. No, yeah. I, yeah, I must admit, I quite enjoyed him actually. He's so a Tyler. I, yeah, I've had a quick look at the um, the fixtures. Uh, so Tottenham have yet to play Bolton. Right. Uh, they have QPR, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Blackburn right. at home. Uh, then they're yeah they're away to Bolton, uh, uh, away to Aston Villa, and then their final game is home to Fulham. Quite an easy running then. Yeah, not bad uh, in comparison to us who've got of course Liverpool and Arsenal uh, to face. And, you know, yeah. Liverpool might not be that much of a problem, but it is at Anfield. <laughs> so who knows? So, but, uh, and who, who knows who they have in goal at that point? Uh, yes, yeah, it could well be um, comeback, Bruce. Mm. But um, so I think that probably rounds us off for the um, for the, the three games of last week, and obviously looking forward to the next week, um, Sunday evening at six o'clock on ITV, uh, the FA Cup with Budweiser. <laughs> we we play Tottenham. Um, little more needs to be um, to be said about the rivalry and, um, and what it means to both clubs to uh, one over on the other and um, get to get back to Wembley for the final. Um, I'm interested to read today that there, there seemed to be some sort of suggestion that there would be a, a minute silence for um, the victims of the Hillsborough tragedy, which I can't help feeling is enormously ill-judged to, to do that with Chelsea and Tottenham fans 80,000 thereof have been on the piss all day just doesn't seem to make sense to me I've, I've yet to see that confirmed as official but um, you oh, know, that's just too, too much isn't it that is I, 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 we've sort of made a reference to Alan Davis now I don't know whether he was listening to the last podding shed where in my, from my perspective, my own view is pretty much with his, maybe not quite as uh, unsubtly put or whatever. But you know, why don't Liverpool play on that particular day? Um, otherwise, we could all be taking various sad anniversaries off for, for whatever reason. Um, but to put the, the to, to make that uh, a, a sort of mandatory thing for Chelsea and Tottenham fans, I think that would that that is just asking. Well, if they do, it's going to backfire horribly, isn't it? It really? is, yes. And which anniversary is it, anyway? What year is it? Um, 23rd, I think. Yeah. So it's not like it's a round number, is it? Mm, no. It's, it's not a notable one. But, I, you know, I, I must admit, I, I, I differ with an awful lot of Chelsea fans. My view has always been, if they don't want to play on that day, they don't want to play on that day, and, and that's that. But, 
Yeah, I did. Whether um, whether it's a particularly wise decision to um, observe a minute silence at a Chelsea Spurs game at six o'clock and after everyone's been in the pub all day is um, questionable to say the least. Um, On to the, the game itself. Um, we may well be without Ivanovic. Um, both teams are stuttering. Well, no, we're not stuttering. That's probably that's unfair. We're not in the best of form, but the results seem to be. <coughs> way or another um, Spurs are stuttering um, well beaten I thought um, on Monday by Norwich at White Hart Lane which um, saw the team being booed off the pitch as far as I could tell um, I can't remember what the stats are it was obviously I'm terribly well prepared like that um, but I think it's something like two wins in, in the nine games since the Harry for England Ferrore started um, so they're not on the graces of runs so you would argue that it's probably a good time to play them but you know long gone are the days where our mastery of Spurs is um, was, was all encompassing um, Mark your thoughts uh, you're going I presume Yes, I'm going for my third Wembley visit against Spurs. Well, my first visit was my second visit to Wembley in 1967. Oh dear. My first visit to Wembley was a opening nil-nil draw, England versus Argentina in the 1966 World Cup. Oh, right, OK. Um, and then in 67 we went, full of hope, and I was sitting in the front row, quite a young lad at the time, with a policeman sitting in front of me on his stool, and I could barely see the pitch. And uh, my dad made us leave when we were 2 nil down. And just as we were walking up Wembley High Road, there was a loud cheer in the distance, and Bobby Tamling had pulled one back, but it was all too late. And then I went to the Carling Cup final against um, Spurs. When was that? Three or four years ago? Yeah, three years ago, maybe. And again, we lost. Mm. So, third two visits, two losses, so third time lucky, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. You would hope so. You would hope so. Um Obviously, you know we've 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 done the kickoff time to death um, in terms of it's it's late. We have Barcelona to play. Couldn't you have sorted this out a little bit earlier on, Mister FA? But you know we've we've done that to death, like we like I say. Um, Tony, uh, do you, do you sort of approach this game with with a reasonable degree of hope? I must admit, I do, which is is probably completely misplaced. Because um, I, I think we are in slightly better form than they are at the moment, um, and I think probably have more big game players in inverted commas who will be um, hopefully up for it, and um, you know very keen to get their um, their hands on the FA Cup. Drogbury in particular is um, is fond of an FA Cup game at Wembley, or you know a game at Wembley. Put full stop. So you would hope that we will raise ourselves. Um, what do you think? I. I go into every game against Spurs filled with dread. Um, and, and games. Really? Where have you been the last twenty-five? Yeah, no, just games. <laughs> I think games like this at Wembley. I think uh, I, I do think the Harry for England thing has, has, has rocked the boat somewhat there. I think the players are probably well aware of the fact that he's unlikely to be there, um, and therefore, you know, they're they're, they're they're not playing to the, the levels they were before, uh, and we are generally pretty good at Wembley um, I think uh, Drogba in particular has about six or seven games left for our club in my view mm. um, and we'll probably want to go out um, with a piece of silverware and a medal to say um, this is what I helped win in my last few months or whatever um, at, at, at Chelsea uh, one of the good things I, I've, I've been quite impressed with is the fact that um, our, our Robert, Robbie RDM as I was going to call him then uh, but Robbie is, uh, has, has been um, willing to break Ancelotti's first law of football which is um, play Drogba and Torres together at times mm. and uh, I wonder whether or not that would be a, a potential for, for Sunday you know because I think Spurs defence is rocky it is rocky. They lost Dawson. I don't think they've they, they've equipped themselves particularly well. Arsenal tore them to pieces. Man United ran through them. Uh, and to be fair, I think Norwich caused them enough problems. And I'm wondering whether uh, a sort of a traditional four four two would be of benefit to us. You know, just to have Drogba absolutely rattling them and Torres darting in right, left, and centre. I think we've you know if we did something like that and thought out of the box, I think we've got. A, a chance uh, Barcelona uh, I don't think we're going to get mullered we've got a puncher's chance as, as I said we've got an Arthur Mallard um, <laughs> right hook we've got the Henry Cooper versus you know Cassius Clay 
moment and you know but that no doubt they'll go off at uh, half you know after the first leg if we do land a punch on them and uh, they'll take a bit longer to get their gloves retied before they come back and uh, and show us their class so um i think the fa cup remains our best chance i really do mm. i think we're running out of games for the premiership um you know i wouldn't wouldn't rule us out of it but i i genuinely and i you know i'm no arsenal lover but i just think they will I think they'll tear us a new one at the Emirates. I really do, and I think so. That will be a game we can write off. And I just think we've left it too. Li- we've left it too late for it's that. Just too late, really, isn't it? And, I, and I'm, I am of that. You know, I mean, to a degree, if we're in the Europa League, we should damn well try and win it. Uh, you know, it's a trophy we've never won before when it was in its UEFA Cup guys. Um, in fact, I think we've got probably one of the most dismal records of all English teams ever. I mean, we've lost to all sorts of <laughs> weird and wonderful, you know, Israeli. Uh, you know kibbutz teams and god knows what we've lost to out uh, in, in that competition but I think we could definitely do without it uh, and uh, and have more Saturday fixtures please yeah I think that's that's my, my main reservation about the whole Europa League thing is, is you play on Thursday night you get laughed at for being on Channel 5 for, for whatever reason and um, you end up playing on Sundays which I you know just prefer a Saturday game myself I, it will it will affect the number of games I can go to. There's, there's no doubt about that. Mm. You know, and and, and uh, if the if the club believe blindly that everybody's just happy to turn up for 25 percent more Sunday games, I think they've got a bit of a they'll have they'll have more of those empty seats. I believe mm. they really do. So it's, um, I mean, it's interesting. One of the things that we um, we did, Mark mentioned briefly before we um, we started recording was you know. Our, in terms of discussion on the blog over the last week, is you know, are we, you know, do we prioritise fourth over the cups? Do we prioritise the cups over fourth? Um, it's very, it's, it's interesting in terms of Robbie's position. You would assume that he's got one eye on the future, whether it's with us or anyone else. You would guess that he thinks if I can win myself an FA Cup, it's not going to look too bad for the, for the CV, whether I'm talking myself up to Roman at the end of the season or my agent is wandering off to any number of other premiership clubs and um, and hawking me out but yeah. um, I, you know I, I'm, I'm thinking like I would think but I'm not you know I'm not a professional football manager so I don't know um, Mark your, your view on the um, the dilemma as it were facing um, facing Robbie as to um, what he does with the rest of this season given um, he's not meagre resources at his, um, his disposable but he's got a, a bunch of tired players and um, presumably has to use them accordingly uh, so are you asking me about whether we should be yes. focusing on fourth place or something else fourth or the cups yeah I mean there have been a few posts on the blog um, I can't remember the names of the posters specifically but a couple at least have said that we ought to just prioritise fourth place uh, because we need the revenue for next season. Mm. And even though I haven't read the report anywhere, it was noted that um, Ron Gourlay had made that comment as well, that fourth place was the priority. Oh, uh, right, OK. Um, Interesting. Did, did you not see that on the blog? Someone yeah, posted on the blog that... Very brief, I'm not... He, he, They'd seen it somewhere, but I, I couldn't find the article on the Chelsea website, so I'm not quite sure where he had said it. It was, uh, so. I think, it was it was uh, a post uh, post Wigan comment, I believe, uh, yeah. because it did fly around Twitter as well with uh, uh, in equal amounts of division, and uh, maybe he's got a point. Kind of polarised views. Yeah. So, you know, it, the fourth place argument is based purely on um, it's money, isn't it? Income for next season and the ability to attract world-class players who will only join a club if they're playing in the Champions League. But if, if we just focus on the income side of it, I understand um, business arguments. You may not know this, but I am a qualified chartered accountant. Right. First, yes, time, yeah, pass, yeah, yeah. first time passes when the pass rate was only 30%. <laughs> and um, that was two or three decades ago now. And I have been working in commerce for 30 years. And everything is driven by profit and loss. And I understand all about return on investment, making a profit, margin, recurring revenue, all this kind of stuff. But actually, we do all that during the week. And at the weekend, when we go and see football, we want to get away from all of that. We don't want to be thinking about return on investment and incremental revenue and revenue streams when we're watching a football match. We just want 
the hope and the glory that we're following a team that is going to surprise us and do something fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So my hope is that um, Chelsea put everything into winning the FA Cup and especially winning the Champions League. Even though you may think we haven't got a hope in hell that we're the equivalent of Wimbledon playing Liverpool in an FA Cup final. True. Don't just give up. I mean, people are almost suggesting, I, I won't quote any names, but people have sort of suggested we all, almost shouldn't turn up for the game. <laughs> because it's just a complete waste of time it's not a waste of time that's what sport is all about we happen to be the underdogs now whereas you know three or four years ago we were the what's the opposite of an underdog an overdog uh, <laughs> 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 a big dog <laughs> yeah um, <clears throat> but let's not just give up on it mm. it's not about um, profit and loss it's about hope and glory so that's what I'm hoping for and, and with respect to um Ron Gourlay talking about the priorities fourth place if he did say that I think it's very very poor of him to say it publicly and, and the reason is that um, everybody needs missions and objectives but, but some of them are uh, missions and objectives that are appropriate to a specific audience and shouldn't be repeated to other audiences and I remember once working for a boss and we had these strategy meetings out of the office down at some place with lots of croissant and coffee and we work out the mission and the objectives for the coming 12 months and his main objective was to get financial stability and increase um, recurring revenue so that we weren't so reliant on new business and so we came out with this mission statement that we actually publicised to our customers and our partners about our objective is to increase recurring revenue and that's not the kind of objective you want to tell your customers. What you want to tell your customers is our objective is to develop products that make your life easier, to develop products that make you more profitable as a business, not develop products that mean we can have more incremental business and fleece you for the next 20 years because you're locked into a long-term contract. And so I can understand Ron Gourlay sitting down in his office talking to his financial director saying, you know what? the number one objective for us this season is we've got to get fourth place because without it we're not going to be able to achieve X, Y and Z over the next three seasons but let's not say this publicly that's our financial objective between you and me talking to the customers also known as fans <laughs> you know the message has got to be something different the message has got to be you know, we're Chelsea, we're going to fight to the death on all fronts and we're going to do whatever it takes to win the FA Cup, the Champions League and try and finish fourth and get everybody excited and motivated because at the end of the day, it is a sport. <coughs> very true, very true. It's, um, I mean, I, for I, all couldn't, I couldn't agree more with, it, with Mark there. I think it's... Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, did, I had a bit of a rant on the blog the other night in reply to you. It wasn't a rant at you, um... Is that me or John? Uh, Johnny, yeah. It wasn't a rant at him. But it was, you know, the, the, the fact that too much is made of the Champions League and yeah. uh, it with sort of 10 years of qualifying and Spurs and City have only done it once. They don't seem to be particularly damaged by it. Mm. And uh, I think I made other points. We've got a rich owner. Yeah, there's financial fair play. Don't tell me that that rich owner won't have accountants who'll find a way around it. You know, even if that's naming rights on a stadium from Sibneft. You know, there, there are ways and means of, of, of getting around that sort of stuff. Uh, and I think that I also sort of made the point that Mark's just made there, OK, that, you know, Arsenal are a successful team. Kenny Dalgleish um, quoted earlier this season that they've had a successful season because they've got a new kit deal, <laughs> deal. a new sponsorship deal, and that, you know, there's more ways of measuring success than, than trophies. And I think my, my point was, you know, uh, so I agree with you, Mark. I, I don't think we've got a cat and else chance against Barcelona. I also didn't think Bubba Watson would win the Masters. Not in a million years. You know, the bloke's never had a golf lesson, for Christ's sake. Um, but there he is, you know, in a, in a playoff. And I'm rooting for him because he's never had a golf lesson. Because he is that puncher's chance, you know. And I, I So... And I'm I'm 100% Mr. Underdog. The, the reason I support Chelsea is because they were the underdogs versus Leeds in the 1970 Cup final. And my dad made that point to me, you know, without going that story again. But the whole 
sort of, and I described it as a tenuous gossamer-like description of success. You know that the world number one golfer is Luke Donald, mm. who has won not a single major. I agree yeah. with you. It doesn't make sense. It, you mm. know, uh, and so I think the point I made, which I don't think anybody picked up on, was they're not hungry. Therefore, they're not hungry. Mm. You know, when you're cosseted into that world of success, when you are, you know, like like the mediocre Z-list celebrities or the the, the semi-famous rock st- or pop stars or whatever, you know, that the ephemeral in their nature, there for two years or whatever, get loaded with money and then suddenly find themselves in this elevated world where everyone is telling them how great they are. When really, in reality, they've done fuck all. They've done nothing if you compare them to the Beatles or the Stones or whatever. And, and it's kind of a, a, it's a, a, a reflection on our society that instead of having an elite number of people who are successful, let's give everybody success. You're all successful in your own way. Let's get rid of sports days. You're all worthwhile. And yet, at the end of the day, I want to follow a team that puts a pot on a shelf and looks over at Arsenal and says, see that? You ain't had one of them for seven years. And it's not happening. You know, it, it is, I quite agree with you, Mark. I'd love us to win the Champions League. I'd love us to win the FA Cup. And I think we should, if we're going to prioritise, let's put a pot on the table. Let's take the season out and then work on what we need to do to get back in to the, the Champions League. I'm with Pete on this. The Champions League is a corrupt, awful competition. But, it gives you money and it gives you glory. Sadly, so try it's, it. it's a necessary evil. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I, I slipped into some Donald like Churchillian style <laughs> ranting there, but well, you know, I absolutely agree. With, you know that this whole description of success is distorted and mm. out, it, it's, it no longer means what it used to mean. With the, with that in mind, with um, with, with Mr. Gourlay's proclamations and. Um, and Mr. Dalglish's um, belief that a new kit deal is um, success for a season should we um, should we be concerned about his um, possible application for the manager's job next season? Frankly, but um, <laughs> it's um, just a, a brief update because obviously you know we're recording live as is. Um, Man United have just been denied a very clear penalty um, at Wigan um, following a handball in the area by Figueroa, and um, so Fergie has obviously gone mental. Um, so will that referee? Will he join the ranks of the disappeared along with the one who refereed Benfica and Napoli with us? Yeah, it's this, there's a well. shed somewhere with the dried out husks of former referees who've been Stepfordized and they mm. turn up another week and they do everything that's wanted of them. Oh, it's yeah. Phil Dowd. Oh, good lord. Phil Dowd, yeah. <laughs> um, QPR are annoyingly 2 0 up. They just won't seem to fuck off, frankly. <laughs> I still have that down as our game. We, we, we will want, we will want bloody revenge for that travesty that happened at their place. It would be nice. Um, and City are four 0 up. Um, so oh, and Arsenal are three 0 up, and Benny Ian scored. So we don't talk about that. Um, having now completely lost the strand, what the bloody hell are we talking about? Um, <laughs> we were talking about the success, fourth place FA success, Cup and trophies. Yeah, I mean, but I. I think I've, you know, in, in the past when we were in the um, envious position of um, of being either first or second on a fairly regular basis, sort of chuckled wryly behind my hands at teams scrapping over third and fourth place like it was was a trophy, and um, and I, I still hold pretty much the same view now that you know it isn't success, it's not a trophy, it's it's a runners up prize. It just happens to be a little bit more lucrative than. You know whatever else is on offer. So yeah, you know, fourth place, fine. Yeah, if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we don't. I, I'd, I, I'd, 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 I'd actually lift the FA Cup again yeah. and, uh, and give it a good crack against Barcelona. Uh, uh, as pessimistic as I am about our chances of um, yeah. surviving without being richly humiliated, but yeah, I'm I'm one of the very very few people who believe that the the fourth place. Uh, the mantra of fourth place to a, to a degree third place as well have are what have under, they've undermined the FA Cup. I'd like that fourth place removed and the winners of the FA Cup, the FA Cup qualify yeah. for the Champions League. So immediately that 
game becomes a massive, huge competition. And if the winners of it have already qualified for it, then the runners-up will qualify for it. And then if neither of them, or they've both qualified for it, then you can go to the fourth place. But what you do is you put something on that, uh, and it's a winner-takes-all. Winners of the FA Cup, Champions League, runners-up, nothing. See ya, bye. Mm. Uh, And... You know, there's too much of this. Never mind, you finished second, um, and it, it, it's just smacks of socialist sports day equality <laughs> to me. <laughs> never mind, you're, you're you're a fat kid, but you're still you you can still run. Uh, you know, so. you're about to say we go to hell in a handcart. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've, I've, I, I, you know, I, I felt I had a bit of the the spirit of little John come over me today. <laughs> and part of the problem is that the. The money differential between finishing fourth and finishing fifth, mm. and and the same thing in terms of getting promoted out of the championship and not getting out of the championship, it's pretty concerning. And, and proceeding to the latter stages of the Champions League and not proceeding to the latter stages is too big a differential. Yeah, and therefore it causes an imbalance. So would that not mean that our revenue for next year? if we don't qualify for the Champions League through winning it or fourth place, would not actually kick in until the year after when we'd re-qualified for it. Because we'll get the, we'll get the income from the Champions League for next year through our efforts at getting to the semi-final this year, won't we? I, did, I must admit, I don't know. I, as far as I'm aware, the, the answer is already, obviously, yes, you want... You want to be in that, in that position, but in terms of missing out on fourth place once... Well, sorry, missing out on the Champions League wherever you finish um, is is fairly negligible. And if you, you know, it's obviously not the same sort of money. But if you get um, a decent run in the Europa League, you know, there's gate money, there's a little bit of TV money, not a huge amount. Um, so yeah, for, for one year, it's probably not disastrous. I would suspect that any longer than that, in, just in terms of the players that you're trying to attract and so forth. It's it's going to be a little trickier if you're out of it for a long time. But I, I genuinely don't think we will be. I think if this summer is handled right, and it's it's one of the reasons why I don't really want that that whole sort of fourth. Yeah. It's because we'll be I've mentioned this on the blog, but we'll be you know starting to play you know three weeks after the European Championships finish, and you know you're traipsing around Europe, and then I've no doubt we've got pre season jaunt to the US or the Far East. Um, yeah. You just simply don't want to be playing competitive games that early and then going on pre-season tours because, you know, by the time you get to, you know, January, February, the team, are, you know, they're going to start suffering injuries and they're going to be bloody knackered. But yeah. Well, they uh, they have announced a second game. Um, we will play the MLS All-Stars on Wednesday the 25th of uh, July in the PPL Park, Philadelphia. And they, and they send these texts out as if that's something for me as a fan here to celebrate oh well great wow we're going to play some American teams you know and, uh, yeah I, I, I don't get it and, and I, I still go back to the point I made on the blog about you know yes it, you know I'm, I've no doubt that you know the bottom line the return on investment and the revenue streams and all that will be affected by not qualifying for the Champions League but with such a filthy rich owner and various routes around fair play and naming rights and this that and the other I still stand by that comment I made on the blog you pay them, they will come. Footballers, ultimately, at the end of the day, are like everybody else. They're driven by greed. And therefore, if you want to pay £150,000 a week to six or seven players on the basis that your project, as Manchester City called it, you know, their ongoing project as well, was to get into the Champions League, they'll come. They'll come. At the end of the day, money. Agents are driven by money. They're not driven by glory. They don't give a shit about glory. They just tell their player they'll get glory if they go to Chelsea uh, because they're going to get a load of money. Uh, and that is awfully cynical, but, you know... And I'm not in a bad mood or anything, so don't think I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you know. I'll just note a, a tweet that has just been retweeted, which amused me a little bit. Apparently Rooney's been subbed, and some wank has tweeted that it's not the first time that Rooney's been pulled off by a 70-year-old. <laughs> Humor and everything. Yeah, there is, isn't there? Yeah. It's, it's all here. It's all here. Um, in which case, we shall um, we'll round off by by sort of wishing all ourselves the very best of luck for the um, the next two games because they're um, they're pretty big in the context of the season. It would be nice if we were we were discussing um, 
well over the, over the next week or so we may have to reschedule the podding shed to try and get um, get both of them in but um, if we were discussing decent results in both of them and um, another trip back to Wembley and um, a visit to the new camp in um, in hope rather than um, than fear so um, we were wound off there um, one final thing we'll finish on just as a little bit of fun and we have really prepared for this so God only knows how it's going to turn out um, how, how do we inspire the team um, we're talking music we're talking speeches we're talking film clips you name it what do, what do we what do we stick on for the team in the dressing room on Sunday to give them that lift I personally thought a, a couple of episodes of the Podding Sheb would, would serve very well um, with the caveat he simply says listen to this lot banging on can you imagine how bad they're going to bloody well be <laughs> Absolutely, got it. enough, I would have yeah. thought. Um, Tony, you've, you, you had, you've had views on this because you participated vigorously in well, the discussion on the blog. I kind of inadvertently started it, I think, uh, um, after the report from the Benfica game. And um, I think it was Clive uh, Cunning Plan who went on there. Mm. Um, and it, I think he put on something. I think it was the Animal House, yes, the house. Uh, one, which, which I loved. I absolutely loved, and I thought, yeah, that you know, that's we, we might have hit on something here. You know, that there's there, there must be um, film clips, etc., that or bits of music that we should. You'd, you'd need to choose them carefully. They need to be in half time. Yeah, <coughs> so you've got the second half. You know, but you, or, or do you play? You know, it's all tactics with this stuff. Do you play these clips at the beginning of the game? Do you wait for the second leg? Do you wait for the second half? If you win in three nil, will it have the adverse effect or whatever? Um, and uh, I, I think with Clive's one, I, I enjoyed the the Animal House clip. You know the the, the John Belushi <laughs> speech, which always you know it's a highly amusing film, and that particular bit does make me laugh. And, and I just remember, and, and it's from a, it's actually tinged with a touch of sadness because I uh, I think I was telling you that um, we went to the the cinema, me and my cousin and his girlfriend, when I was about um, I think I was probably about seventeen. I I, I can't recall the exact age it was. Um, but it was at a time when my dad had been taken into hospital, sadly never to come out again. Mm. And they decided to take me to the pictures to kind of take my mind off the fact that you know, at seventeen years old or sixteen years old, I'd been, you know, uh, you know, not orphaned. My mum was still alive then. Uh, and they, we went to the pictures. We, were, we we imagined we were quite cultured, and we went to see. I think it was a French film called Betty Blue or something, you know. And we looked at it and thought, "Fuck, that looks a bit <laughs> shit, actually." You know, in the hope of a bit of filth, but you know. Yes, uh, and then we so we ended up thinking, well, we'll go and see this Rocky Two thing. Then I'd never seen Rocky One. My cousin and his girlfriend had, and said, "Oh, it was quite a good film. We're going there. We're going to take your mind off things or whatever." And it was the only film to this day where the to, for me the whole cinema stood at the end and cheered. They fucking cheered a film, a fictional boxer. But there was one particular bit in it, and it's it's the art of the movie maker. Um, <sighs> that it sort of sticks with me and it's the bit where you know she she's pregnant she has a fall she goes into a coma uh, Rocky couldn't train before that because she she didn't want him to fight uh, and then she's in a coma and then he says that's it I'm giving up or whatever and he's by the bedside and the baby's been born and he won't leave her side until she wakes up and then she finally comes round and he says look you know I, I, whatever you if you don't want me messing with this Apollo Creed character, I'm not going to do it. And she just says, I'm getting goose pimples now. I was getting them in the pub <laughs> telling you. But there's this lovely bit. She just says, come here. I want you to do me one thing. And he says, what? And she says, win. And then there's a chime, a ding. And in comes that win. And that Rocky music kicks in. And Mickey says, what are we waiting for? And it kicks off about a two or three minute sequence of just cinematic genius right where uh, I, I imagine 25 stone men came out of the cinema afterwards thinking they could hurdle benches okay <laughs> yeah, it was, and it's the just the department probably gave testament to that as well. yeah and I, I, so I, that was that was my first choice I then subsequently went with so if that doesn't work we need a motivator we need someone who's going to scare the living shit out of them 
okay, <laughs> put them in fear of their lives. So then I came up with Gunnery Sergeant Hartman and he's at the beginning of Full Metal Jacket uh, with, you know, Private Pile, Private Joker and, uh, you know, the, 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 the <laughs> and I, I know we've got an explicit lyric thing on this anyway, but I think we'd be probably struck off iTunes if I even quoted some <laughs> of the stuff he said. Um, and I thought that would be quite good. But again, my ultimate favourite one, I think, for scaring the living bejesus out of people was the the Jules Ezekiel uh, 2517 from Pulp Fiction um, mm. with, with the, the, um, the where he says to the guy you know what does Marcellus what look like what does Marcellus what does look like and the guy goes what and he says don't say fucking what again right you say it one more time and the guy goes what he says do they speak English in what and it goes on like that and it's just a fabulous piece and I thought any one of those three, or perhaps all three, you play one before the Tottenham game, one before the Barcelona home game, and then possibly, possibly, you then have, or you go and get the actor that played Gunnery Sergeant Hartman and get him in for the Barcelona second leg, um, and do that. And those were my general thoughts on motivational speeches from the movie world. It has to be said, you've put an awful lot of into that. <laughs> I have, it was one of the few threads where I thought, my God, this is stuff, you know, that, that, that could do it. Oh, yeah, there's loads of music you could play to get them up and, and whatever. Personally, if I'm feeling a bit down in the dumps and I need a bit of motivation, I often find a quick blast of Blitzkrieg bop by the Ramones is enough to get me going. That, that would suit me, that would suit me. Um, Mark, without wishing to be unkind, follow that. Well, how can I follow that? Um... I'll never be able to follow that in terms of enthusiasm for it and <laughs> the sort of quantity and verbosity. <laughs> but I'll try my best. It was rambling, but we'll, we'll, we'll give him that. I mean, what we need is um, a serious motivator. And I can't think of anyone better than Ron Gourlay. <laughs> and the Tottenham and the Barcelona games will take care of themselves. So he needs to come in for our next league game which I think is the one away to Arsenal yeah Arsenal. and he needs to go into the dressing room and sit down and look at all the players straight in the eye and tell them to go forth and multiply <laughs> my incremental revenue for next season absolutely brilliant I think that's that's perfect frankly um, didn't it what, there was some I think Pri Abramovich didn't Trevor Birch appear in the dressing room before the the Liverpool what was ultimately the Champions League qualifier where um, he we, did we beat them two one I think Trevor Birch actually went into the dressing room and said you know if we don't get this you're you're probably lacking a club next season or something along those lines well, I don't know whether that's an apocryphal story or uh, no it is actually true I think it was given as one of the most uh, uh, effective um, pre-match speeches and it's, it's fairly well documented that he went in to the dressing room I believe it was before the game kicked off and sat down you know with the players and said you know let's we'll lay this on the line if we don't win this today most of you will be not playing for this club next season and this club will probably go under um, that might backfire uh, this season on the basis most of them probably won't be paying for the club and they've already signed <laughs> their contracts for next season anyway with LA Galaxy yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it was just I think it was one of those rare occasions when um, you know and uh, this is the guy of course who's now the administrator for Portsmouth who've been revealed today as having uh, as owing £58 million which is £38 million more than when they came out of administration last time. Now I don't know. That's, I'm not. Um, I'm not a money man, but that is absolutely gobsmackingly unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, how the fuck does that happen? And and what part did the football league play? I know it's not Chelsea related, but you know, they there's a fit and the fifth, the person's, fifth, test. person's test. Surely, yeah, surely the the people who, who offer the governance over these people going in, surely they have some culpability, or are they just absolutely in this world of plausible deniability by going? Well, we didn't know he was a bent Ukrainian. But £38 million more. That. And to be fair, it's been very difficult to get an expenses account out of Harry's dog. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, super. 
<laughs> oh dear! Uh, it just you know, I I I just think that that um, you know the, 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 there's a degree of truth in the money is the root of all evil, and, and it is soiling for me a lot of the game. I think at the moment. Mm. And in, in terms of inspiring the team, God only knows I, what makes them tick is, is anyone's guess. But um, I, you know, as, as long as we're um, we're not looking at you know the your John Major style post nineteen ninety two election speech. Well, we lost. I'll be happy. <laughs> from, from a personal point of view, um, as to inspiring them, God only knows. Um, I think that probably rounds us up for this evening. Um, Donald, we hope you're well and will be back with us next week. Um, to the team, good luck, frankly. Um, it's, it's a busy couple of days ahead of you, but um, let's hope we're, um, we're talking about positive results at, um, at some point in the next week or so. Gents, thanks very much as always. Good night. We will see Good you. Good night. Good night. Thank you.